All righty, thank you. Thank you for everybody who came to church this morning, actually. Um, I'm glad you're here. It's a little bit harder to preach when people are not here. I discovered the last time we were doing this how, how much I depended on the people of God to, to, to really give messages. So, yeah, Lord help. There's really something that's uh, supernatural, mystical about the body of Christ uh, when the body of Christ gathers together. There's something that really happens uh, spiritually that, honestly, you really can't get it any other way. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's to, it's, I'm just being truthful with you. And, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when uh, we can be freed from uh, these constraints of the COVID thing and all that where people can feel more free to be together uh, because I think that's going to really be important for the days ahead, uh, the world that we're living in. We're going to need that supernatural aspect more and more. So that's not trying to make anybody feel bad. Believe me, we're the ones who decided for us not to meet. I'm the guy who decided that uh, this week because we just wanted to try to make sure, uh, you know, with all this spike in COVID in our community, and there's been a few people in the church who's had it, um, we just wanted to make sure we could do our part for people to be healthy for Christmas. So I don't know if that's going to work or not, but that's what we're doing. Amen. So praise God. Um, <clears throat> let me just pray. Lord, help. And, and thank you for Christmas, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Man, that worship was awesome, wasn't it? Good Lord. They were blistering it. I hope it, I hope it came through. It was, it was amazing. In fact, it was so good, I'm really not wanting to do this message because I don't, I, don't, I don't think I can have that quite that great of anointing. I'm going to read to you Luke uh, chapter 2. This is a uh, you know, famous Christian a Christmas story. So this is a Christmas message. Um, and I think this is something that the Lord, the Lord did give me. So it says, during those days, uh, Luke 2, I'm going to read 1 through 7 right now. During those days, the Roman uh, emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Quinarius was the governor of Syria at that time. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his friend and his fiancée, Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in the upper room in the village. It's such a powerful story. I hope you caught these words. Uh, I tried to, you know, that they were ordered to do this. They, it was a mandatory uh, census. They, they had to go. In other words, they were living in a situation <clears throat> where things were being, uh, by the government, that was being forced upon them. But here's the cool thing. The cool thing is this, even though the government was doing behind the scenes, God was at work doing this. See, God, uh, 700 years earlier, 
uh, through the prophet Micah, declared that the, the king of kings, the Lord Jesus, would be born in Bethlehem. And so God moved on government's hearts. He moved and moved the whole world to have his word fulfilled. Now, that really should encourage us today because God's word is really the thing. God's going to have his way. And God's going to move on any government, any person. When he declares something, God's going to get his way. And so that's what he did. Even though it was a difficult thing, it was a tragic thing in some ways, but can you just imagine the situation? Here they were, at least a 70-mile journey that they had to take from, 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 uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a pregnant woman. And so here's the thing that should encourage us, though. You know, many times we are put in situations in life that are not comfortable, that are inconvenient at best and difficult, but really behind the scenes God is at work fulfilling His Word. And I believe we're in, a, we're in a season and we're in a time where even though the world is in this, we're in, just in a mess right now, I believe God is behind the scenes in our world working. And lots of times it may not feel like it. It may not feel like uh, our destiny is being fulfilled. It may not feel like the word of the Lord is coming true in our life. Everything may look opposite on the surface. But really what the Lord really is really wanting to encourage us one of the things he wants to encourage us in this story is that the word of the Lord is going to come true in your life. The Bible tells us uh, in Psalm, Psalm one nineteen verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever. And see, I believe one of the things that, that God really wants to do for us is to make us people, more people of his word where we begin to, that in our hearts, we could be settled with the word of the Lord. Knowing that it's, if it's settled with God, it's, it's going to be settled here. And so many times we feel, we feel challenged by things. We feel challenged when, when, when we, these prophetic promises that we have or promises from the scripture that we have uh, over our lives, they're, they're not working out. It doesn't seem like they're going to work out. But I believe God's calling us really to become people that when God's, when it, the Scripture says it's forever settled, it was forever settled. And that's the really beautiful thing about this. I mean, God didn't mind taking a pregnant woman and making her travel through a rough conditions to get her to the right place so His Word could be fulfilled. Her destiny was being fulfilled. And I believe we're just in a time where we just can't look at our circumstances or look at the inconvenience or the things going on around us and not believe and not trust that God really is at work in our lives. And God really is at work in this earth behind the scenes accomplishing His purposes and His plans. I do believe that. I believe that for our nation. I believe that for the body of Christ in America, even though it has been a, a really challenging year for the church, we've been challenged in many ways in this country, in many ways. But I do believe God is at work, 
And I believe God has promises over our lives that God's going to fulfill those promises. If we don't get anything else this Christmas, if we could become people of his word, if we would, one of the things that we have just contended over and over for is by his stripes we are healed. We've just contended for that because that's what the Bible says. That's settled in heaven. And what we want to do is cause it to be settled on earth in our lives. And I think we have to be people who are willing to press into that and push into that and not let go. If I've learned anything this year, it's that. It's, it's no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation is, no matter how many people you pray for and you don't see them healed or whatever, is to keep believing it because forever the word of the Lord is settled in heaven. And if the word declares it, it's true. And what we're just, our big battle is to see it manifested in the natural. And so that's, that's the first thing uh, I wanted to share. Uh, the next thing, let me read this. I want to read the verse from Micah I mentioned. That was, it was 700 years. That's, now, that was a long time, right, for a word to be given. And it took 700 years. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, Apapreth, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. Bethlehem, I think most of you know this, means half house of bread. Epathrit was our earlier name for Bethlehem is what it was originally named, and it means fruitful. But what it says, you're just a small, you're, you're a small, basically a small insignificant village. It's like you really aren't, aren't anything, but yet God chose Bethlehem. He didn't choose Jerusalem. Okay, he chose Bethlehem to be the place of his birth. His birth, and so, you know, I think God always wants to move in a barn. You know, glory in the in a barn. That's that's God. God's looking for the insignificant. If you look at the life of Jesus and the way he operated, he always operated with people on the margins. He he. Jesus was not trying to be with the in crowd. He wasn't trying to impress them. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to hang out with the political correct crowd or the people in charge. Jesus was, is always going to function. That's why he was born, you know, in a, and was laid in an animal feeding trough because he was trying to tell us something. Here's my, uh, let me tell you my um, festival of light story, Hanukkah story. <clears throat> this has happened to me a few years ago uh, when Bob Jones was still alive. Becky and I went down you know, at Christmas time to have lunch with him and Bonnie. And so we had lunch with him, and it was a lot of fun. And he, and he was really encouraging me, like, you know, God wants to speak to you um, because God speaks during the Festival of Lights. If you'll pay attention, he'll speak to you. Like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. So on the way home, uh, since it was Christmas time, Becky wanted to stop at South Park Mall to shop. So... Fortunately, some brilliant person at South Park Mall came up with these little areas uh, where there's couches and chairs where you can sit while your spouse shops. Most guys would love that. So, so you know, so yeah, we'll go to South Park. So we went, and I went and found me a spot to sit while Becky did her shopping. And, you know, that nice lunch made me really drowsy, so... I fell asleep there in, in the mall, and I had this dream. And this is, a, this is a very powerful dream, and I believe this is a dream that's going to come true one day. 
The dream was this. The dream was a person came to me and said, there's a barn where something is happening and people are going there. Would you come? And so I went to this barn, and when I went and walked into the barn, I was, it was just a—it was like a literal barn in the country, somewhere north of Mooresville, okay, and not far north, but somewhere north. And I walked in the barn. It was nighttime, and I looked around. There were people gathered in the barn, and this is the thing about the people on this. I knew some of the people in the barn. Some of them were people who had fallen away from the Lord. Some of them were people who, well, they just didn't fit in. They were misfits. They were, every one of them, every one of them I knew, were, we, they had either fallen away from the Lord or had become greatly offended or there was just some issue with them where they were not making it in Christianity. And what was happening in this barn, and it happened while I was there, this ball of light would come and just kind of settle in the room. And... Nobody knew what to do. They were just there experiencing this light. So right in the middle of this ball of light coming in the dream, Becky comes and wakes me up. It's time to go home. Like, oh, you know, oh, Lord, I wanted to know the rest of the dream. And so but here's what happened. This is why I really know this is a really powerful dream for the Lord. That night I got in bed and I went right back into the dream and picked up where I left off that morning or that early that afternoon. And so what happened was, the rest of the dream was this, this ball of, ball of light came and it exploded. And when it exploded, it threw like splinters of light everywhere. And one of them hit me. And when it did, it was like a million volts of electricity hit me. And it knocked me down. It's like my whole body became energized and full of, full of life, like I had never experienced. So energized and full of life, it woke me up out of the dream. So I've always believed there's going to be a glory like that coming into the earth. And it's going to be in places like barns. It's going to not be in the places we would normally think. That God is going to show up. He's going to show up in these places like he did, like Bethlehem, because God really is looking for the insignificant people. He's looking, looking for that. That's where his heart is, because those are the people, like in that dream, I know those people, those are the people who would, would respond to God if God really came. They just could not respond to everything else. But if God showed up, they would respond. And that's really, really what God's looking for from us. He's looking for our hearts. If we're just willing to, to just let go and just willing to surrender what we think the way things should be and allow God to begin to really move and get, allow God to really do what he wants to do, those are the kind of people that God really is looking for. Amen? Y'all, come on. Is this, is this any good or not? Isn't it interesting that, that I always thought it was interesting that God didn't pick Jerusalem to, to be born in. You, you would have thought that because Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem, actually he picked Jerusalem to be murdered in. You know? <laughs> he picked Bethlehem to be born in. You know, and, and Bethlehem was, you know, the city of David. It was David's, David's hometown. Now let me read verse 8 back to Luke 2, verse 8. <clears throat> It says, that night, everybody say that night. 
See, uh, that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. So um, if you really look at the history of Israel um, during this time, it was a very spiritually dark time uh, in Israel's history. You know, obviously they were occupied by the Romans. You know, they were like a defeated people. But um, this guy, Herod, um, who was in charge then, this is, he, and if you study him historically, he was, he was a, he was a, like a terrorist that was ruling. He was so bad. This is what Augustus Caesar said this, literally said this historically about Herod. He said, it's better to be Herod's sow, meaning his, a pig, than to be his children. He killed three of his children. He killed his mother. He killed his wife. And, and the reason he killed them was he felt threatened by them. He felt like they were trying to usurp him in some way. So he had them all killed. Right before he was about to die, he uh, had, uh, he, I think he got a list of like 12 of the most prominent people in Jerusalem. And he ordered that when he died, he wanted those people killed so they would be mourning for his death. That's, that's how wicked this man was. And then, of course, he's the one who ordered all the children to be killed later after he looked, tried to hunt Jesus down. And so you can see, you know, we think we've got a bad situation in our country with what's going on. They were under much more oppression, much more, uh, much more darkness. But here's the great thing. If you really begin to look at what God does, is God really does his best work in, in the dark. He was, he was born in a dark place at night, physically and literally. He, he died in darkness. He was resurrected in darkness. The first time he ever spoke about being born again was in darkness. If you, go just, if you just go through the Scripture, you find that God does all. See, God's doing stuff now. He's doing things in darkness. Um, it really helps makes me reflect back to Genesis chapter 1. I wanted to read those two verses. It says, in, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the deep waters. Darkness covered these. And then the next thing it says, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering upon over the, the surface of the water. So the first time we hear about the Holy Spirit in the entire Bible is in the context of darkness, and that's where he's at. He's hovering in darkness. He's he's hovering there because that's the place where God really begins to move in our life is when we feel a darkness around us, when we feel a darkness over our future or over our situation. Is is there the Holy Spirit is really, that's where he's really ready to go to work and do stuff. We think normally it's, it's when everything is going good and there's, there's a lot of joy and all that. But the truth is, God's going to do the bigger things when there's darkness. Amen. He has done His absolute greatest things in, throughout history in the darkest times. Amen. And so we've got to see, even though we are in a dark time, we really are. We're in the darkest time we've, that we've ever been in our nation uh, since I've been around. But I believe we're in a time where God really wants to do something. I really do. I, I feel like we can't live in despair. We've got to begin to see this is where God moves. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to do something. It's dark.
It's dark, Lord. It's time for God to be released. It's time for the Spirit of the Lord to be, to be released. Isn't that wonderful? Ooh. It's really wonderful. Now, this, it says uh, in verse 9, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. Isn't that awesome? The blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them saying, Don't be afraid. For I have come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. Isn't that just powerful? The most joyous news ever heard. And it's for everyone everywhere. For, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. A rescuer. The Lord wants to rescue us. Just like he rescued them, he's still in the rescuing business. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then, it all, then all at once... A vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven. And they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is peace, listen to this, peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Peace and a good hope. That's really what the Lord's really offering us, I believe, this Christmas. Marlon mentioned that God wanted to give us Christmas gifts. I believe that God wants to give us peace and a good hope. A lot of people have lost their peace. A lot of people have lost hope. They feel, they feel hopeless. It really, it's like God has allowed everything that we thought was secure. Things that we, we, we thought, we thought we had a great government. For years we believed our government was great. And now we've discovered this year our government's corrupt. Both sides, you know, and so we're seeing all this. We're seeing God has allowed us to begin to see, really 2020 really has turned out to be true what the prophets declared 2020 vision. The problem is is we're not seeing what we thought we were going to see. We're seeing something completely different. We're seeing what's really been there all along. And God has, is allowing us to see what's really going on. He's, he really is. And it's really been shocking to us. It's really set us back and it's really discouraged a lot of us. Because it, it is discouraging. And it is, you know, a bit frightful to think about our future but in this, in this country. But the truth is, right here, it says that God has given us peace and a good hope. That God's given us that. That we can have that. And that's really what Christmas is all about. It's, it's about receiving the peace of God and receiving the hope of God. And, and even in the worst situations, the worst circumstances. I wanted to read it, Luke 1, verse 78 and 79. This is uh, when John the Baptist's dad was what well, he was declaring about the Lord. He, he said, The splendor. 
The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation. Isn't that powerful? That's something we need to begin to declare that there's going to be a holy visitation. There's going to be this heaven's light, this glorious sunrise that's going to break forth over the darkness around us. And it's a holy visitation. All because the merciful heart of our God is so very tender. That's powerful. It's powerful. That's, all, that's the reason. God's heart is tender. His heart's tender towards us. And He wants to visit us. The word for heaven, from heaven will come to us. Will come to us. You know, that's really what, that's, that's ours. That's, that belongs to us. If we ever needed a word from heaven, today is that day. And God has promised us he, the word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness near death's dark shadow. And he will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. He will illuminate. Isn't that powerful? Those are some powerful, powerful prophetic promises given to us in the Scripture. This is really what Christmas is. This is, this is what the Christmas story is all about. This is why we celebrate Christmas is to remind us that this is what God has done, already done it, and this is what He's declaring to us today, that He wants to bring illumination. He wants to bring the Word of the Lord to us. He wants to bring a visitation to us. And God's just looking for people in the earth to believe that. He's looking for, for people to say, yes, I believe that. I'm going to contend for that. I'm going to declare that over my life. We should all be saying, word of the Lord, come to me. That really should be our, one of our prayers. Word of the Lord, come to me. Attract the word of the Lord. Attract the presence of God. If it, if it has been given, then we should be a tr- call, have our hearts open and say, and you come to me. My heart is ready for your word, Lord. My heart is ready for your word. And I think that to me is a Merry Christmas. That to me is what Christmas is all about. Amen? Amen. Okay, won't you stand up and we're going we're gonna to end. Thank you, Lord. Y'all are kind of quiet in here. <laughs> you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes. So you might be somebody suffering with darkness this morning in your life. I think, you know, there's been a lot of people so sick and, you know, it's just been terrible. Um, it's kind of been a really challenging, challenging week with so many people sick, some that have the COVID uh, and then there's been a couple of other people that uh, had some other issues where they had to go to the hospital. And so, but, but God, right? But God, amen. I mean, I want to stir up you this Christmas not to be in despair. I want to stir you up to be in faith and to believe. And, you know, because that's what's going to bring joy. That's what's going to make Christmas Mary, it really is. Yeah. It's what's going to make yeah. it merry yeah. for you. Yeah. It's when, when we are connecting in with the Spirit, when we're connecting yeah. in with King Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, I, I want to pray for all who are suffering. I want to pray for all those who are in darkness. And I'm asking you right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts today. 
Lord, just, and they would have that good, that yeah. peace and good hope, yeah. Lord. Yeah. They would be renewed in peace. They would be renewed in good hope, Lord. Lord, we're asking you for that. We're asking you for a visitation, Lord, a holy visitation because of your tender heart towards us, Lord. We ask you to visit our nation, Lord. Uh, May uh, may there be a a visitation in the United States of America. Lord, we, we we recognize, Lord, you're our only hope. There's no hope for this nation apart from you, Lord. And and we ask you to visit America. We ask you for the light of heaven to shine over this nation, Lord. This Christmas would begin, there begin to be a shift in our nation. There begin a shift and things that have uh, been exposed, Lord, would be brought, brought down, Lord. Lord, we are asking for liberty. We're asking you to break this, this COVID pandemic thing over our nation, Lord. And free us, Lord. Free us, Lord. And, and Lord, we are asking you for those people who've lost loved ones and those people who've lost income this year, Lord, that you would, you would heal them. Yeah, and restore, Lord. We're just, we're just asking, Lord, that's what we're saying, Lord. That's what Christmas is, Lord. It's when you show up, Lord. It's when you do what you do. It's when angels come and reveal things, Lord. This is when the light of heaven comes on the earth, Lord. And so, Father, we're asking for that. We're asking, declaring, and lining our hearts up with, with your word, Lord. Lord, I just pray for all those who are depressed and feel oppressed, Lord. Lord, I just ask you to break that off of them right now in Jesus' name. Just break it off right now in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just bless... Bless your people, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, and thank you for joining us this morning, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.